1: This is Episode 22 on the Merry Biz Podcast with Nikki Parkinson of Styling You. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. Today's guest journey began in 2008 when she said goodbye to her 20-year journalism career. Starting as a personal stylist, she launched a fashion, beauty and lifestyle blog, which now receives over 130,000 unique visits every month. She's created a booming business through working with world-renowned brands. She's a published author of the popular book, Unlock Your Style, and she's created a positive and insanely active online community with a mission to help busy women get out the door each day looking and feeling the best they can. Welcome to Meribiz, Nikki Parkinson of Styling You. So good to be here girls. Yay, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, and like everyone we ask who comes on the show, we'd love to know what's been on your agenda
0: today? What have you been up to? Oh, my. So I'm week seven of the school holiday slash work at home juggle. Whoa. And it's not pretty, girls. It's not pretty. <laughs> Look, actually, okay, this is really good because I actually did go to yoga this morning. So that's a tick, isn't it? The yeah. alarm went off at 5.30. I went to yoga. I came back and I've been trying to motivate myself this week to get out of holiday mode into work mode. And so I had a shower, got out of my active wear, put on work clothes, sort of work from home clothes, put on some makeup and had some breakfast and sat down at my computer before then having to take my son to a doctor's appointment, do a bit more work. And then I'm taking him out for some sushi for lunch. And then he's got swim squad this afternoon. So that's kind of like the pattern. I'll just jump on the computer in between doing mum stuff, but. It's is back to normal by the end beginning of February. Yay.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I can imagine it would be busy and and lots of fun juggling all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's lots of fun. And you know what? Older kids um, who are at uni, they remind me mm. that they had to go to vacation care when I used to work for someone. Oh. So this is actually still a way better option. It just can do your head in. So thank goodness I still walk and yoga in the morning to kind of keep my own sanity a little bit on even keel during this yeah
1: oh that's so it's must be so amazing for your son to have you at home with him that's so lovely so well let's go back because you spoke about you know what was different before styling you started how did it all come about and what were you doing before that
0: So as you said, I was a journalist for 20 years Mm -hmm. and I loved what I did. And in like the last 10 years of my job, I was writing about the same sort of topics that I write about on the blog every day, Mm -hmm. just in a different, more journalistic kind of way, i.e. boring. (laughs) And I really loved what I was doing, but it was kind of getting to the point that there was a big resources squeeze starting to happen and that affects the way the workplace completely runs. Mm. So even though my day-to-day job was fun and exciting, the politics and the pressure mm. from above was not. And it was quite a toxic mm. situation because of that. You know, mm-hmm. people are getting the squeeze and and you're at the, at the end of that zone and you're also not in control of your hours as mm. much and it's not very flexible or family-friendly. My husband had just taken a job commuting an hour and a half away to work and I knew that both of us working for employees was not going to be a very good situation for our family. Someone needed to be able to drop everything. So Mm -hmm. I just had a crazy now or never moment, like ridiculously. If I know what I know now (laughs) back then, (laughs) I would never have done it. If someone had said, oh, my goodness, this is what you're going to go through and I'm going, yeah, I'll just stay where I am and be nice and safe and secure but seriously so glad – I did just have this crazy moment and all I had behind me was four months long service leave as kind of like a financial backup and I just, I took on everything. So I was starting a personal styling business Mm -hmm. and I still was, I was tutoring at uni journalism. I was Mm -hmm. doing freelance writing. I was doing freelance PR, just anything to pay, to pay the bills. So essentially it's like having a full-time job like you guys did before you did the tipping point while you're building up the business that you want to be doing. So that's what I was doing but it was still in more of a flexible arrangement. And I really didn't – I've totally lucked into blogging because the first website that got built for me was on a WordPress blogging platform. So I call myself the accidental blogger because I was just adding content not interesting or exciting, like like I would have added content as a journalist. Mm. So it just happened to be on a platform that is really super Google friendly. And also it was at a time in Australia where Twitter was really new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I made contacts on there and like, this is work from works world. I met her on Twitter coming up to wow. six years ago when you could kind of jump on Twitter and actually meet people. It was yeah. kind of a big cocktail party. And those connections I made around Australia and realised that there were other bloggers and people sort of starting out really got me thinking about I had this blogging platform, but it wasn't connecting with anybody. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the ability to switch that around and bring a bit more focus back into the blog part of my business. It was still marketing the styling services, but I really, I guess, at the core of it, I've always written. And this was the missing element that you could write and connect with other people and create a community. So that's kind of how it all rolled rolled on.
1: Ah, it's so interesting to hear the full story because, I mean, we've met you so many times at pro-blogger events, but I don't think we've ever heard no, that before. No. And I think, like you mentioned your community, like we have noticed as bloggers, as when we just started, I mean, your community is just amazingly positive and super active. Did that start on day one or did that, when did that all happen? Like, obviously it wasn't overnight, but how did it happen?
0: I still, like, I remember the first time I got a comment that wasn't spam. I've got, oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) oh. I think it's it's definitely all been organic. I don't think you can manufacture any of that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, but I, I set the tone from the start, like, it is a judgment-free space. Yeah, it yeah. is about supporting women of all ages, shapes, sizes, backgrounds, making them feel comfortable and you can't fake that. All you can do mm-hmm. is set the tone and build that On that over time Mm. and like attracts like you know you know Mm -hmm. the same with you guys it's you're not going to attract everybody in the world but you're going to attract the people who you actually want to have a conversation with so for me that is that's the that's a massive reward that's what gets you out of bed every day because people are really interested in in connecting not only with yourself but other people in the community
1: yeah And I think what your blog's done, it's really like shaken up the sort of fashion industry. Mm -hmm. It's really focused on style, but you don't find many online websites or magazines that do cater for every woman, every shape, every size. So obviously your focus is style. So why is style so important to you and what do you think style can bring to someone's life?
0: So for me, and this is probably the big difference about how I share my content as opposed to a straight fashion blog Mm -hmm. is that I really honor everybody for who they are and what their personality is. So for me, what's the easiest way to show that without opening your mouth and talking or singing karaoke? It (laughs) it is to it's what you wear. So I actually don't want everyone looking the same. I want people to work through who they are, how they want to project that to the world, and then obviously as part of that, they've got to fit in with whether they're going to an office job, whether they're working from home, whether they're a stay-at-home mum, whether they're retired, but it is about the person as opposed to the latest trend. So I think that that's the key difference. And I'm also talking largely to a demographic of women over 30 who mainstream media think we're not interested in fashion Mm. at all or taking a little bit of care about ourselves. And it does it is part of self care I believe mm-hmm. and it's not saying that I think you should do that, but I know for myself and most of the people in my community that just taking a little bit of care does motivate you to feel a little bit better about yourself um and that mightn't be a motivator for everyone, but definitely in my community that is the case
1: yeah, I think that's a hundred percent true, and like for us as well I mean when working at home you probably know this as well. Some days like we won't get dressed very well and we notice like that just sets the attitude for the day like like the clothes you wear the style you have really does impact how you feel and act I think. Yeah. So Nikki, what would be, you know, your number one tip for someone who's just trying to figure out their style themselves?
0: Well, I always send people off with some homework. They've got to really clear out your wardrobe mm-hmm. and only have in there things that make you feel fabulous now. Not the genes you were hanging on to that you thought you were going to get back into five years ago. Look, they're not even going to look good even if you do get back into them. It is that whole decluttering thing really sets you on a good path. You've Mm -hmm. got to know what's in there before you can add more and you've got to get rid of the things that really don't do anything or add any value to your life. I don't see clients one-on-one. I stopped four years ago. There was a tipping point in my business where the blog was making more income,
1: mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: the styling session. So I had to back myself and go, right, this is the path. But up until that point, I'd seen 150 women. Wow. Probably I'd been in most of their wardrobes. And I can tell you, it didn't matter if they were size 6 or 26, the clothes held on to so much emotion that they had hanging there. And they knew they didn't weren't going to wear them again. They knew that they should get rid of them. But they almost needed some permission from someone else to get rid of them. And that is such a massive effect. And if you can manage to do that yourself, my book shows step by step how to do it or pair up with a friend or a sister, mm. a mom, then that just creates a really blank canvas, a great blank canvas to then add on pieces that are going to suit you and make you feel fabulous.
1: Oh, I, I love that. That's amazing advice. We should listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I've written it on our to-do list. <laughs> so you mentioned that you stopped the consulting business, you stopped looking in people's wardrobes, and you just focused on your online business because you were making enough revenue. So what was the first thing you made an income off on your
0: blog and what was like the largest income stream? So um, my first income stream was banner advertising. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that was probably, I think I had a a redesign of my blog about two years in Mm -hmm. and that the concept of banner ad space. And I didn't, my first design didn't have any spaces for banner ads. So that was the first of the income. And then I uh, toyed with some online memberships and they sort of work. They probably work better now if I was going to go back and address it, but just probably not a big enough community and probably not the infrastructure to set it up as easily. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And then the sponsored posts, mm-hmm. that they, that was the tipping point and, and working with brands in that way. And that has grown over that time because as my readership grows, then my agency can charge more for that. And I have a very solid Australian audience, mm-hmm. so that – helps with, with pricing and stuff when, when I'm mainly talking to Australian brands. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we've been on your website and we follow you on Instagram. So we see the amazing brand collaborations that you do do. So can you tell us a couple of your favorite brand collaborations that you've done in the past?
0: Okay. So even just last year, I loved working with Katie's. Mm -hmm. I love that they, Australian icon fashion brand Chose to work with online influencers um, for their spring-summer campaign, Um, and that may or may not be happening again, girls. Let's just wait and see. (laughs) But, you know, to to be in a catalogue at the ripe old age of 48 was pretty cool. And You look beautiful in that catalogue. Yeah, All sorts of magic with lights and... Oh, no. You look beautiful in real life too. Yeah, thank you, girls. But they did all sorts of great things with the lighting. It was (laughs) kind of soft and really, you know, you could just imagine having that all around your house. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked with an activewear company, Female for Life, and that was really cool because... I've kind of been on my own health journey yeah. over the last few years as well, and I love working sort of health plus fashion mixed together. I love working as ambassador for Frankie Four Footwear, which mm-hmm. is a Brisbane-based footwear company designed by a young podiatrist and physio, so that designed to be good for your foot and leg health but also to not look like Nana shoes. So that's kind of like been – yeah, that's been an amazing journey with them, that wow. um, them grow and being part of that journey. So yeah, I just I'm really grateful for the mix of clients that I get to work mm, for.
1: Yeah. And how do you decide which clients you say yes to and which ones you say no to? Do you have like you know some things that you have to tick off?
0: Yeah. So I'm pretty pretty intuitive. So if I don't get excited in three seconds, then there's a fair chance I'm going to say no. Uh-huh. Even if I try and force that sometimes, invariably I'll end up coming, if I've then done the consideration thing, then I'll come back and go, yeah, no, it's not really fit. You know your readers so well. Mm. You should know yourself so well. And so you should know what's going to work and what's fit. And I've probably knocked back about two or three for every one that I say yes to. Wow. It just, and that's, that's me. That's the more learned business. Me focusing on a long term as opposed to mm-hmm. short term,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, so that uh, that's the key to the sponsorship side of things working.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love the intuitive feelings. That you get from the brands and then decide what to do I think yeah that's so it's been amazing. A, a
0: recurring theme I yeah, think with all the
1: people we're interviewing, it's <laughs> awesome so many of our listeners are in fact bloggers or aspiring bloggers who want to turn it into a full-time gig they want to turn their blogging passion to their everyday job what would be your top
0: one or just what your favorite piece of advice to give these people So I actually do a few talks on this for university students and things, and I just think the biggest hurdle you've got to get over is not thinking that you're interesting enough or Mm -hmm. no one's going to be interested in you and that therefore you might craft an online image that's not really who you are. Mm. And I think we've seen some really highly publicised examples of where that can go wrong, but even on a less dramatic kind of level, you really can't build a community successfully i believe unless you're truly just being yourself. Mm-hmm. So we have to lose the hang-ups that we don't think that anyone's going to be interested in ourselves. You are going to attract the people who are going to be interested in you. Having said that, it's not a case of build it and they will come. Yeah. You have to be consistent and persistent. So i talk about consistency a lot because everyone's level of consistency is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Don't feel that you have got, like you're still working full time and then you've got to feel that you've got a blog every day. That is not going to work. You're going to end up having massive breaks because you're going to have massive overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Work out how many times a week you comfortably could put a blog post up mm-hmm. and then schedule it that it goes out the same date and time, day and time every week. So it might be once a week, but it might be an absolute awesome post that your community starts to really look forward to reading. And you might do social media in between, but they know that every week they've got this amazing post from you. It might be three times a week. For me, it's now five times a week, but that's because uh, this is my full-time thing. Yeah. I do other things that I work off off the block, like we're doing an event coming up. I run a shop and I've got some other things I'm planning in the works. But Wow. Content-wise, that's my level of consistency, but I give myself public holidays off. I have a couple of weeks off over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Year, and if I'm travelling, like when I went to Europe last year for three weeks, mm-hmm. I have in place people to do core content three days a week, someone to manage social media, and also then I'll pop up and just do travel stuff in between. So I, because it's very much still a personal thing, mm-hmm. I my readers kind of would think I was crazy if I was still posting every day yeah 365 or 66 days a year um I also have a contribute a paid contributed post every Friday which allows me to add depth to my content Mm. plus also to free up time to work on other projects on those days yeah
1: Awesome. Oh my gosh, I had so many questions just from that spiel I about know. your events and your shop and then and processes. And I, <laughs> and I also feel like that is gonna help so many of our readers. Yeah. Right? I mean, listeners, listeners and readers. <laughs> gosh. So let's talk processes. Like what kind of things do you have in place to make sure that this consistency happens?
0: So the old journal and me will not go to bed till the post is written. So mm-hmm. I'm this is just against everybody's fabulous time management skill ideal. Sometimes I am up at 11 o'clock writing the next day's post. It'll still be scheduled to publish at the same time the next morning. But sometimes I just don't feel like writing it till the day before. I've kind of done a content plan of the topic, but sometimes I'm putting them together at the (laughs) last minute. And I just think a whole career of working that way is really hard to bash out. Yeah, I have got high plans to do some batch writing. Once school goes back, like at the moment, it is what I can do. I have got high ideals to create writing days. Mm-hmm. Whether that happens or not, I'll just go with it. But I'm disciplined that that post will be up. So it would work better probably if I was in advance, but no, <laughs> it's
1: just not me. Oh, well, that's so awesome to hear like, different people's styles of work. So I think that's like absolutely cool. Yeah, I think it's good to work to the way you like to work as yeah, well. And and, your strengths. Yeah, So, and then you spoke about an event that you were going to be running this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that fits in with Styling
0: You? It'll be out soon. So I'm teaming up with Gillian and Carolyn from the Champagne Cartel blog. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I think I saw something on social media about that. So, It's coming up in March, March 12th. Don't have any more details that I can public release yet, but it's going to be a combination of networking, a girl's afternoon lunch, yummy lunch out, lots of champagne. Plus, we'll be sharing styling and makeup tips. Jillian's a makeup artist. Wow. And a whole message of, you know, it's okay if you've got kids, you're working, whatever, to prioritize yourself as a woman. So we're hoping that it's going to be a great sort of blog to real life event in awesome. Brisbane. I have no doubt that it will be amazing.
1: Definitely. Well, your community is so engaged. Um, We've just checked the hashtag everydaystyle and I think like It was literally five minutes ago we checked and it had 85,000 posts to it and I think that's just amazing and it just shows how engaged your community is. So could you tell us how that came about and why you've sort of decided to do that everyday style?
0: Because I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do you ever get sick of it? (laughs) Look, if it actually, this comes back to being yourself, if it actually was a case of having to set up this, you know, photo shoot this lighting or you know full hair and makeup if that was the case it would have fallen beside the wayside and it wouldn't have the appeal that it has yeah it's meant to be literally what you're wearing that day there is no right or wrong to it is just I've taken a bit of thought and this is the outfit I've put together because this is what I'm doing and it started because just over two years ago end of yeah end of November it was two years I was getting questions from readers. I would do my model and me posts on the blog. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a dressed up styled me in an outfit for that particular blog post and people were saying, so what do you wear every day? And I remember looking, I got this email, I remember looking down at myself and I just had a T-shirt and a pair of shorts on and, and you know, I was working from home. I'd done the school run, that's it. And, oh, geez, I'm not really taking my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> no. I set myself a weekly challenge to actually mix it up, to consciously go into my wardrobe. It wasn't about buying new things, go into my wardrobe and make sure I cho- was thoughtful about what I chose to wear. It wasn't about getting dressed up. It was about mm. keeping things mixed up and, and fun. By the end of the week, a heap of other women were joining in and many of those still post their outfits every day wow. to this day. The hashtag itself, a mistake I made was not – putting um like sy onto it yeah so there are a lot who use especially from the us who mm. use it and have got not connection to the community so i can't lay claim to 80,000 photos <laughs> and the hashtag got printed in my book so i couldn't even change it retrospectively wow. so i've just kept it as it is and you know what followed some great people who was accidentally found so it is a great community, and I had my celebration two-year celebration lunch at the end of November last year. That I invited thirty everyday style posters from around Southeast Queensland come and have lunch, and be treated to lots of prizes, and have a little how to pose session with a girlfriend who's a former model. And it was just a whole lot of fun bringing that community, a subsection of that community into like a fun event and a bit of a thank you yeah that that sounds like so much fun I love it
1: so you mentioned your book and we definitely want to touch on this so can you tell us a little bit about this whole like blog to getting published journey like how did
0: it all happen it happened and increasingly this is happening to a lot of online influencers Mm -hmm. and bloggers so what year was it 2000 must be Three years ago, two years ago, oh, gee, I'm getting old and I can't remember my years. (laughs) I started a series on my blog in January and it was called Unlock Your Style in 14 Days. Mm -hmm. And I had meant to write it all ahead in December and pretty much, you know, have an easy, crazy January. But of course, I didn't. I was doing (laughs) it the night before. Each blog post was due to go up. But by the end of the block, that series, and people had jumped on. Like it's typically quite readership yeah, time. Yeah. Had jumped on and I've gone, oh, okay. And they were asking for it to be all in one place by the end of it, which is, you know, yay, you could do an e-book.
1: Yeah.
0: So I did an e-book and that was published in the April of that year. And it, you know, did well, sales, etc. And then it was also picked up and bought by commissioning editor at Hashed Australia, Robert Watkins, and he called me in for a meeting and said, "I would like to help you put together a proposal that I take to my team that will produce an expanded version, oh, Very wow. good, a expanded version of that original ebook." So all the original content that formed the basis of my book is still sitting there on the blog, but you know, people. Wanted the ebook, and then they were stoked to have a physical
1: book. Yeah, well, there's just something a little bit special about a physical book. I don't ever think the book is going to die, like the physical book. Yeah, you just love flicking through the pages. That is such an exciting story, like to just be found and then to get
0: that phone call. So, if we go through online, it does, it, whether you're found by a publisher, whether you're found by someone who wants to put you on a TV program or anything, we're out there, and yeah. that comes to the thing you've just got to be yourself and yes, you still go after opportunities yourself, but people are looking and searching and watching. Mm-hmm. So don't be, those opportunities are going to come in. So you've got to use that three second thing when they do. But if what you're putting out there online in the online space is who you are, mm-hmm. then the right opportunities are really going to come along.
1: So true. Totally. And I think, I think like everything you've said today is just like, There's so much opportunity from just starting. So just putting yourself out there online, social media or blog, I think is going to be a huge inspiration for all our listeners. Yeah, I can't wait to share it. And we are almost nearly out of time, which I'm sad about because I feel like we could just talk for hours. But we have one last question for you. But first, we'd love you to tell everyone where they can find you
0: online. My blog is stylingu.com.au.
1: Perfect. And our very last question that we ask all our guests is what is the mantra you're
0: living by right at this moment? It's a one word mantra, focus. So whatever I'm doing right now, I need to be focusing on and not thinking ahead, not thinking Mm -hmm. two weeks, two months ahead. It's one day at a time, one hour at a time, one task at a time. And that, for me, is not good. I'm a Gemini, and I can jump and multitask (laughs) like nobody's business. But it's not a good way to operate a business or a life.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just such good advice for all of our listeners. (laughs) Such good advice, and um, we can't thank you enough for joining us today on Merry Biz, Nikki. It's been such a pleasure getting to know your business journey better. Thank you so much, girls. So exciting. Thanks again to Nikki for coming on the show. It was so much fun chatting to you about your business and all of your success. Guys, we're really, really excited to bring you so many more episodes. Emma and I have been brainstorming so many ideas of what we want to talk to you about. But we would love to get your ideas too. So if there's a topic or a subject that you'd love us to cover, be sure to email us at bliss at merrymakersisters.com. We love hearing your ideas and we love to please you. So send us your ideas and we'll get them on the show. Remember, if you haven't already, be sure to sign up to themerrymakersisters.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z because you'll get all the podcast updates automatically. They'll be sent straight to your inbox. And along with that, we'll send you our super awesome, super cool goal setting guide. Yes, we're going to help you set and smash your goals for an amazing life and an epic business let's do this